Freebooters Network. Hi, this is Devin Truck with the Freebooters Network. Today we bring you another issue of Hero Man and Sidekick Boy. We hope you enjoy the show. In a trick in a book and I bake them All that I can find Superman or Green Lantern ain't got Hello and welcome to issue 33 of Hero Man and Sidekick Boy. My name is Ian Clark and I am joined as always by the astonishing Andrew Howard. Andy, how are you? I'm doing great, Ian. Uh, glad to be back and recording with you. Oh, that's nice. Thank you. Yeah, I'm uh yeah, I'm looking forward to it. We um uh feels like it's been a while. We're not we're not really behind yet cuz we did record last month. I just think we recorded a little earlier last month. So, either way, we're we're sort of on schedule, or at least as on schedule as you and I usually are. Yeah. Um so, uh obviously the regular things that we talk about every episode, but we did want to start out by mentioning the passing of Chadwick Boseman, which happened just right around the, the release of the uh, last episode, and so happened after we had recorded. Um, this one, I think, I think probably because we didn't know he was he was sick and that it had been kept private. Th- this one really hit me hard. I don't know about for you, but this one this one really bummed me out. Yeah, I was I was quite surprised. Um, I. I don't usually get bummed out by celebrity deaths um, just because I like, I don't have that connection, but it is one that I was, I was sad because it it means that I don't get him as black Panther again. um, Cause I thought he did such a fantastic job in that role. And I know he's done other movies and stuff, but you know, my kind of closest link to him is is that movie and then the other stuff he would have done in um avengers but that's i thought he did such a good job um that it was it was kind of it was a bummer that we won't get to see that again yeah and i think that those are the types of things that that hit me with that and you know the passing of stan lee was obviously sad and and but Stan was getting old, and you knew it. So I, I think the ones that are out of the blue kind of kind of hit me a little harder. And I and I think exactly what you were pointing out, just the fact that we we don't get to see him in new roles, whether that's you know more Marvel movies or, or other things. Because yeah, he's been in he's been really good in everything he was in from 42 and Marshall and just such a talent and just a just a real shame. So it really, I don't know. Yeah, I was I was pretty. Pretty sad about that. So just wanted to, to mention it. And I I think another thing that hit me, too, was just seeing the tributes that day, too. Just all the all the tributes to him was was very moving. So, um, yeah, just just sad. Although on a kind of not positive, maybe silver lining component, it looks like they will use um, his sister Shuri to do the kind of the next the next movie um which i think is a is a good good move yeah yeah no i think that'll um you know in the comics you know from a comic standpoint um that makes sense as well so it you know i can it's a bummer that we won't get to see him but it does mean we get to see more of her um yeah yeah that'll be fun yeah yeah Yeah, Uh, silver silver lining (laughs) yeah silver lining i think that's what it is um it was tough news to kind of see that, um, you know, related news too. I don't know if you saw their uh, phase four um, 
is being pushed out again. Uh, Black Widow is being pushed out again uh, in terms of new movies um, from yeah. Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I had to assume that that type of stuff would start to happen just with, you know, these large productions can't really happen right now. I know some things are able to go on, smaller productions, Mandalorian, you know, things like that went through because they are, you're talking a much more contained uh, cast and crew that can be kind of quarantined or, or in their own bubble. But these, the, the big epic movies, the Marvel movies and things like that are just, the scale on them is so big, it's it's tough to see them being able to do that anytime in the near future. I was kind of surprised though too with Black Widow just because it seemed like that was done. Like it, it know, did feel like that one was close to coming out, didn't it? Yeah, I know um I know sometimes they put um you know trailers out when they're still doing reshoots and stuff, but to me that one felt like they were they were ready um and we just I was kind of surprised at that one. I think that that one seems to me that it's more an issue of you know, we want to wait till we can make our money back with this. That could be too. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to see the studios and and entities that are going forward with releasing things uh, on the home video market. I'm thinking like Disney and, and Mulan and a few other things that have been released at a higher price point than a normal rental because they're trying to obviously recoup money, but they're also I think I think they're reasoning is oh mulan we're gonna charge you 20 bucks you would have taken the whole family that's a deal you know what i mean so so i get that well i also read something interesting about that is when they remake a property that was a cartoon into live action you don't have the same costs even though you're going to live action and there's that element you don't have to worry about you know the script as much be and there's a lot of it's a known entity like so as long as you can figure out how much you're going to spend on live action you have a much better chance of recouping your money so putting that out into hey it's you know 20 bucks for you or 25 bucks for you to watch this at home is a much safer bet because they already know you know or have an idea of how well that movie's going to do Sure. As opposed yeah. to a brand new story. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. and they so they're saying that they wouldn't be surprised if we continue to see more of those, like because what we saw with Aladdin, Lion King, Mulan, um, Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast. That was the other one. That was the one I couldn't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, I remember the other thing I wanted to mention. So my son Owen plays Fortnite and. You know, every couple months they do a new season of Fortnite. You know, they they change some of the game up. The basic game mechanics stay the same, but it gives you a new story. It keeps you interested. So we've seen some superheroes in there before. Like uh, last season featured um, Aquaman, uh, the Jason Momoa kind of version of Aquaman um, because the whole world, the map got flooded. Uh, But what's interesting is they also had Iron Man in there as well. This season... There is a complete comic tie-in to the point where there's a new issue of Thor that is tied into the Fortnite universe. And in Fortnite, you've got uh, She-Hulk, Storm, uh, Doctor Doom, 
um, and a, and a couple others in there and they're there because like the Fortnite universe is going to be devoured by Galactus and Thor has brought these Marvel heroes into, you know, into this world to stop them. So it's, but it's like, like there's comics like inside of Fortnite now too. Like you get to read, the comics that are out there. So if you have like the Fortnite battle pass, you get the Marvel comic tie-in built right in. Huh. That's interesting. Part, part of me, like I, I definitely understand why, because obviously Fortnite is a, a young excuse to a younger audience. So they're trying to bring that audience into comic books, which is harder and harder to do today. But also part of me, I don't know. Those forced tie-ins sometimes bug me, but if it ultimately if it's good for for you know getting more kids to read comics and things like that, then I'm all for it. I don't think it's as forced. So like I I to, I get it. Like they're not changing who these characters are. So yeah, Fortnite, Fortnite, Marvel, Nexus War, Thor, Galactus, the Devourer of Worlds, is on a mission to consume the universe's most powerful energy sources. Thor, the king of Asgard, has reluctantly agreed to serve as Galactus' herald in order to stave off an even greater threat. But when the two discover an extremely powerful, mysterious energy force known as... Oh, God. Then it cuts off here. (laughs) Um, But, like, so it's... It's true to the story of Thor and Galactus. Um, oh, yeah, zero point. It'll make them more... Uh, yeah, so basically, that energy source exists in the Fortnite world, so Thor has to go there. So they're not changing anything about Thor or Galactus. It's almost just like another one of, like... It'd be like, you know, when they come across Beta Ray Bill. Like, it's not... They're not changing Thor or Galactus. They're just saying, hey, you know what else exists in this universe? Fortnite. <laughs> All right. OK, I guess I guess I'm OK with that. Not yeah. that they asked me, but. but yeah. I, yeah. Huh. Well, that's cool. Yeah. yeah so right. it's a free 12 page comic book. So it's short, not too short, but uh, the arts by Greg Land, too, who's done a lot of stuff. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah. No, it's kind of neat. I I picked it up. I haven't read it. Ironically, Owens read it because uh, he <laughs> read it when he was in playing Fortnite. That was the that was the news I wanted to talk about because it's also interesting too because like they've they, last season had Aquaman, which is a DC property. Yeah, yeah. I was going to mention that. I noticed it was you said Aquaman, and then now it's Marvel stuff. So yeah. Huh. Well, that's cool. So, yeah. That's that was the one thing I I remember. Now I, I was like I know there was something I wanted to bring up. Nice. All right. Well, we can move into the regular segments then. Currently, humanity looks to the internet for its information. We have stood at the edge of despair and would have fallen. If not for awesome podcasts and their content of everything we love. Now these podcasts are all brought together in one place. Forged in like-mindedness, tempered with a community-oriented forum, covering all things geek, such as wargaming, board gaming, comics, movies, and more. Presenting a lineup of podcasts producing exclusive content for the fans. The Freebooters Network. Trolls want to steal our community. Let. Them. 
try. All right, welcome into the poll list where we discuss our current reads and no need to break from tradition. I usually just mention the couple of things I've been reading and then I let Andy go. What have I been reading? Uh, still more Black Hammer, which we read uh, for one of our read this a couple months ago. Really enjoying that. Uh, same thing with Rat Queens, which was another one that uh, Andy recommended. Been reading through that. I think I'm through. I think I'm on volume three for both of those now. And the other thing that I've been reading is I went to the comic book show, which I think I talked about last month um, that I went to, picked up some Dragonlance comic books, which I had never read uh, from the, I think it was late 80s, early 90s. I, they had a run of them in like the 50 cent bin, so I grabbed a bunch. It was like issues 6 through 12 or something. I went and online I picked up 1 through 5 so that I could start with it. And uh, I'm about, I think I'm five or six issues in. I, it's not amazing. It's not like one of the the best comics I've ever read, but it's not bad. It's it's keeping me entertained. It's something that I keep, you know, next to the bed, and I'll, I'll read an issue here and there. Uh, it does have some familiar characters from the Dragonlance novels. Uh, it's got Lord Soth. It's got uh, sort of some, like... Not not light connections. They're they're decent connections, but it's it's like one of those. Oh, this is you know Tannis's uncle's brother's nephew's cousin <laughs> that went to magic school with him. You know, it's like it's like that. It's it's connected, but of course they can't tell anything within the Dragonlance books because that stuff's already happened. So um, so it's it's not bad uh, and. I'm, I'm glad I picked it up because I had always wondered about all the D&D tie-ins, like Forgotten Realms and things like that. So I've um, been reading that, and I think that might be it for new stuff for me. Um, and that's obviously not even new stuff. That's, that's all older stuff. I haven't, I haven't actually read any new comics lately. Who, um, who writes the Dragonlance stuff? Is it anybody... Um, that's a good question. I can't even, I think it was names that I, I didn't recognize. I mean, I'll look them up real quick. Um, if you want to start with your pull list, because that, that was all I had, but I'll, I'll look them up real quick. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I've been reading, so I'm reading a ton of Marvel stuff. Um, uh, mostly within kind of the, the X-Men side. So for the first time in a very long time, I have, like multiple titles that begin with X. Um, so I've been reading X-Men, X-Factor, and X-Force, which are all really good. Like this whole... I never liked Genosha uh, when they were there. I really like what they've been doing with, with X-Men now because they have this kind of safe space and they're no longer really... They're still afraid of humanity, but it's only based on kind of population numbers. They're not really afraid of them in the same way they were before, so that they're hiding out in these little enclaves. Like, they have their own island. Everybody knows where it is. They have gates that can take them to any part of the world. They're they're basically unstoppable now. And it's, it's what that does is it makes the threats they have um, huge, 
but it also lets them tell like more interesting stories again. So you have X factor, which is so in this new X-Men world, any mutant has it, has it the potential to be resurrected. So even if killed, can be resurrected you know with all their memories basically up until you know their the point of death but that doesn't mean like you just but there's like a cue almost for people getting resurrected because you know people die all the time and there's still a lot of mutants so there's like a detective group the x factor that goes out and tries to find out how people died and why they died and potentially did someone else kill them um and so it's fun. Like, I like that. It's I get this kind of like detective story. You know, they're trying to figure out, you know, what happened to these mutants, um, you know, that were that were killed. Who, then you um, have. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I was curious in X Factor who the who like the main characters are, who, who are like the stars. So of the it's there. What's this is the other reason I like it, too, is it's not um it's not a lot of characters that i know so it's uh um wolverine's son there uh draken let's see where where we go Northstar, polaris prodigy Iboy, sorry Iboy, and dakin um and then prestige and really dakin's the only one uh that i really knew i kind of knew North Star and Polaris a little bit. Polaris mostly because of uh, her connection to Magneto. But these are that's the other thing is none of these characters I really know that well. Um, they are younger um, but that kind of makes it fun as well. Huh. Okay. That sounds cool. That, cool. That's a, a, a neat take on X-Factor. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's so yeah it's because they can't do like the like the secret mission stuff that I think X factor used to do. That's more the X force doing that. And they still have an X force, which I'm reading as well. But the, the other one that they have is um, Hellions. So this Island where the mutants live, literally every mutant is allowed to be there. Everyone like everyone. So it doesn't matter whether you were a good guy or a bad guy, you're all there. The only rule is you can't kill, you can't kill humans anymore. They just won't, they won't let you do that. Um, punishment is usually like, uh, I think, I think they put like, they put one person in almost like deep freeze, but like the other people that are, they're having a hard time re- rehabilitating. They group together into this group called the Hellions. And again, it's Havoc, um, Wild Child, uh, Warhawk. So it's all these, again, characters, you know, that I don't know as well. And then they have, so Dr. S- uh, Sinister put together the group and Psylocke's kind of in charge of their rehabilitation. Um, is it sort of a Suicide Squad? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But they can't die. Like yeah. that's the like in the end they can get re re uh, uh resurrected. Yeah. Hmm. Res okay. whatever it is. That's um cool. so that's been fun. Um also reading Marauders, uh cool take on Kitty Pride kind of being a pirate. Um new one that I haven't read that just came out this week that I'm looking forward to is Juggernaut. So they're starting a new storyline with Juggernaut. Wolverine has his own 
uh, run right now, and so does Cable. Um, Wolverine one is pretty good. Uh, Cable's weird because Cable sometime, somehow got young again, so he's like a teenager. So it's uh, that one probably won't last for me. Um, <laughs> like, I got enough teenager stuff in my list right now. Uh, on the kind of Star Wars front, I'm still reading Vader. Still reading Bounty Hunters. I'm not um, reading the main Star Wars storyline anymore, um, and I don't know if I'm going to stick with Doctor Afra. Um, the current story that they have going right now just isn't isn't. It's kind of tr- uh, retreading kind of old themes from before, so it's not as as much fun. Uh, but the Vader storyline's been awesome, and I'm not I'm not going to spoil any of that. Um, yeah, I need to pick that up because I've I've loved the other two Vader series, so yeah, yeah. that's one I need to jump. Yeah, out. this this Vader one's uh, super fun. I saw so every once in a while, like you like you don't realize that like a writer you like might has written something. So uh, Kirkman uh, wrote a series called Die Die Die. Um, I'm trying to see when the first one of these came out. Um, it's it's a very interesting take on like a pseudo secret society that has assassins that go out and kind of correct wrongs and stuff. Um, but like it's it's interesting. It's fun. Uh, it's part of their Skybound uh, imprint. It looks like yeah, uh, 2018 is when this series started. Uh, there's a bunch of them. I think the first the first six issues are part of uh, Comicsology Unlimited. Cha-ching. Cha-ching. Uh, which is great because that means you get it. You basically get it um, the first volume for free. Um, and it looks like they're up to volume 14 now so they must have taken a break or they'd ended at 14 it must have just trying to see when this one was no november no uh no it doesn't even come out yet oh because it says that's a lot though 2020 yeah yeah nice okay yeah so i'm i'm getting into that one that's that's been fun so the preacher tv show was it preach? Oh no no no! Sorry, the movie. So I was wa- listening to Film Sack, another great podcast that's out there, and they had watched the movie Preacher, which has or pre- like are you or priest? Are you thinking of priest? Priest, priest, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is uh, obviously preacher priest. That's it is confusing. Right. So that's what happened. Is I got confused. Um, so then I went and read Garth Ennis's Preacher, <laughs> which uh, has a TV series that was on AMC, I think. Right. Right. It was okay. Like, <sighs> I I think some of the Ennis stuff gets maybe more buzz because it's so because it's edgy and it pushes the envelope and and he you know there's definitely controversial things that he does. So I, yeah. I, I think that sometimes happens with with certain creators. They get they have a certain uh, sort of mystique or aura about them, and that kind of maybe bumps up things that are not maybe as highly you know maybe aren't as as good as the hype around them right because it has this weird like it has a very weird religious bent to it and it's like at times it makes sense and then other times it's just like i don't i'm not sure i'm getting this like (laughs) 
Um, I don't mind when like books and comics make me think, but like from a continuity aspect, like if I'm getting confused, like that's not, that's not any fun, but um, yeah. So that's, uh, I've got a couple others that are splattered in there that I've been reading too, but um, there was a lot of buzz around a new, a uh, new series that's coming out um, called We Only Find Them When They're Dead. It's this really weird, like, idea that... So, basically, there are crews, it's out of space, in outer space, that are scavengers. But what they're scavenging is the giant corpses of dead alien gods. Um, but they only ever find them when they're dead. But these things are huge. So, like... And it's like this mad scramble when they find one. So it's like prospectors like running into <laughs> like this find. And like the concept to me is so super interesting. But like like the big premise is that, you know, what they you know, somebody's gonna now go look for one of these things while it's alive. Like because it's getting they've been doing it for so long, they're like they're finding fewer and fewer of these kind of corpses and stuff but like you know there'll be fights over who gets the eye because like that's the most valuable like so other people will just kind of find a little spot off to the side and try to harvest the lips or whatever like (laughs) so weird like but at the same time like they do it in such a way where like you're just looking at that giant body as like a commodity but at the same time realizing that that commodity was at one point a living god so where are the living versions of these gods that's that's a really cool concept i I like so are they like how big are we talking are they talking like galactus or planet size or Uh, galactus like yeah galactus uh i'm trying to probably maybe the idea was like galactus yeah 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 (laughs) that's a cool concept did you you ever watch the tick oh yeah do you remember when they had i have your dvds That's even funnier because I forgot about those because I think I found another way to watch it, too. Um, <laughs> well, you can have your DVDs back. I, I have so, them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe I gifted them to you. I don't know. I'll yeah. give them back. <laughs> so, um, like no, because there was that up. episode. There was that episode where the tick ends up on, like, Galactus, like a Galactus-type oh, creature. Yes. Yeah. And, and it's it's like that, like it's kind of like that size almost, I think. But like, and it's like it's not like the like when they're dead too, like they still look like amazing. Like yeah. they have there's one just are they looks just like, floating out in the vacuum of space or yeah? Okay, cool. Yeah, like it a, doesn't say how they got point. there or anything. Like, but like there's a whole like system of salvage. Like, so there's, like, a a legal method of, like, salvage. Like, there's someone there watching, you know, to make sure that you're, you're salvage. You're not just taking it and running off with it. And, like, so that, that part's a little complicated. They haven't gone into all those rules yet. But, like, so there are, like, almost, like, claim jumpers and stuff. It's, nice. it's But at the same time, they're literally harvesting, like parts of a god's body <laughs> is that one on yeah. comiXology unlimited no this just started oh, uh, it just started. Okay. yeah this yeah the first one was just this month yeah september oh. okay yeah. cool but that's boom studios um 
like I said, it was it, it was one of the ones who's the the writer is Al Ewing, uh, who did some immortal uh, some of the Immortal Hulk stuff. Which um, oh, if you haven't, I don't know if we mentioned that. Um, I read that uh, recently. Um, the Immortal Hulk, um, the first ten issues are on Comicsology Unlimited. That's really good. Okay, cool. I'm taking notes this time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, speaking of writers, uh, I looked up who wrote the Dragonlance comics. Oh, nice. It, it was Dan Mishkin, who doesn't really have like anything that he's necessarily known for, but uh, has had a long career with uh, a lot of DC stuff. It looks like he was one of the co-creators of um, a few characters, ones I don't know really well, but uh, Blue Devil I do know. Um, okay, yeah. Yeah, so um yeah. That's that's who that was. Just wanted to before I forgot, wanted to mention him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Anything else uh No, I think that's good for me right now. All right. Okay, we will turn the page and move on. Lord Aku, the samurai has escaped our clutches once again. You have failed me again, my daughter. If the foolish samurai has once again escaped, then you shall be banished. Dad, you need to chill out. It's time to go on a Geek Nation tour. A what? A Geek Nation tour, where they have tours of Middle-earth, feudal Japan, and even a Star Trek tour. No! We must capture the... Wait, did you say Star Trek tour? Yep. To GeekNationTours.com It is entitled, Naturan de Manto, roughly translated, Book of the Dead. The book is bound in human flesh and inked in human blood. All right, welcome into Read This, where we discuss a series or trade paperback or one shot or something cool that we want to read or want to reread or hope that you'll read along with us. And last month was my pick, and I went for Saga of the Swamp Thing, which was Alan Moore's run on the book. And I had I, – I, so this is funny. I, I think I thought I had read it, but I think I maybe read the very first part of his run when he first started because this isn't – this one isn't when he uh, first takes over the character. This is sort of like a, a little ways into it. Um, so I had not actually read this. Had you read this before? Yes, I had. Sorry, I put myself on <laughs> you to take a drink and then I forgot. So this is actually some of the first Swamp Thing that I had ever read. Oh, okay. Um because this is where well, we could talk about it when we get into it, but this this is a major change to the Swamp Thing character. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, well, go ahead, why don't you talk about that? Well yeah, so what so what Alan Moore does with this is he he changes the origin story of of Swamp Thing. So that rather than Swamp Thing being a man who was transformed into this creature, what Alan Moore does is he says, no, this thing is a creature that thinks it was a man at one point. The way he writes that part in, I'm glad he does it quickly because it it's, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, <laughs> even for a comic book, I know I always say things like that doesn't make sense, uh, but <laughs> Even in comics, there still has to be some continuity. But the idea that he was never, he's not Alec Holland 
who became Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing is this thing unto itself that for a long time thought it was Alec Holland. To me, makes Swamp Thing a much better character and really lets him have not only Alan Moore have a new life with him, but like as Swamp Thing kind of comes in and out of, you know, favor and has his own runs, I think it's much easier to not have him be a man that is now a monster. He is just the Swamp Thing, and he is what he is. Yeah, and I I think another thing it does is it frees more up to kind of distance Swamp Thing from his uh, supporting cast, um, which I get the feeling he wasn't crazy about. It was a very interesting read because I didn't know about that, like more doing that, changing it to where, like you said, it's not Alec Holland anymore. It's it's just this entity that kind of absorbed some of his memories and, and thinks that it's Alec Holland. I didn't know that he had changed it like that. So that was all new to me. In In typical Alan Moore fashion, there's some issues that are just like almost like psychedelic drug trips. They're just they're really out there, but they're. But they still have that interesting Alan Moore kind of bent to them that make them a good read. They're just some of them are you're just like, I don't know where he's going or, you know, what all this is, but it's kind of cool. And I thought the artwork really helped with that uh, as well. And um, I don't know. I just I, I, I thought it was a neat read. It wasn't um, it definitely wasn't what I expected, but there were some parts that I thought I think was maybe maybe the second issue in that trade, the one where Floronic Man does the uh, autopsy and he's yeah. he's kind of dissecting Swamp Thing and and he's fascinated with all of this and it's um I thought that one was really good I thought it was really really well written and really interesting even though the premise itself shouldn't be that like that entire issue is him pretty much you know. Uh, dissecting Swamp Thing and trying to figure out how he how he works. And that's cool, too, because they get rocks on in there and stuff, which is like um, always a great bad company. Um, and that'll kind of What's always that? show. Is it rocks on? Is it rocks on Marvel? Oh, ro- yeah. Rocks on Marvel. So, yeah, I know. Is, um, I know what you mean. I just can't shoot. think of it. It's the same thing. It's the evil, evil mega corporation, you know, polluting. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I know who you're talking about, but um. Yeah, they work a lot of stuff in there. I did not expect a Justice League <laughs> appearance. Um, just all, all kinds of stuff that I and, – and that was fun for me because I didn't – once I started it, I was like, man, I don't know where this is going or what to expect with this. Now, how much of this did – did you read the whole – like, because this is – the one that was on comics all, or the one I got is like – it's over 200 pages long. I got through – uh, probably 75%. I was towards the end. I always look at the little blue bar. I don't really pay attention to the, to so the did issues. did you get to like Etrigan the demon and stuff? No. Oh man. Now I wish I, I was trying to catch up ah! this week. I love Etrigan too. I didn't know. I didn't. Yeah, no. So I didn't quite make to him either, but I had oh, read okay. it before. So like, but I forgot about him. Like, and then I, prepping for tonight, I went back uh, and, and was looking. I was like, Oh my gosh, I forgot he was in there because it's it's oh, I, mean, I want to go like where it's the storyline that starts. Oh, it's got to be back here a little bit further. I want to see. So that's issue 26. So it's got to be like issue 25. There are like entire issues that almost have no swamp thing in it. 
<laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I. Oh man, I wish I. Well, I mean, obviously, I can still I can keep going, but I didn't know Etrigan was going to be in there. I like yeah. him a lot. He's um, he's a cool character. No, he is. He's uh, he's super fun. Yeah. So that's twenty four. Yeah, I think it's issue twenty five. I don't think that. Yeah, issue. This looks like is it issue twenty five. Like he's barely. He's not. Yeah, it's got to be twenty five. He's barely in. Yeah. Hmm. Because there's this weird like demon guy like um, that takes up most of the story. Um, eh. hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, it was it was definitely an interesting one, and uh, I was glad to have the chance to, to to check it out because, like I said, I I feel like I had thought I had read his Alan Moore's stuff before on Swamp Thing, but I think what I had read was probably that first volume or however it was when they first when he first takes over and and uh starts to kind of make changes this is this was the just the major major shift of the character in this volume yeah no it's um so and like i said at the beginning the way in doing this they allow him to be a a better character because he doesn't have to worry about you know, will he ever get to be Alec Holland again? You know, what does it mean to be a man that was turned into a monster? Like, they can drop all of those kind of storylines, like, which I like. And you can just focus on a character who is, you know, this connection to the Earth and the green. And they really, I guess that had to be like, what, 2012? when there's a great run of Swamp Thing and Animal Man that tie in yeah. together. It was when they did the New 52, I think. Yeah, it's when they do the New 52 and Arcane comes back. Like, yep. um, Those were good. I was reading those then. I, yeah, I picked up a ton of New 52 when it first came out. I did, I did too, especially the Animal Man and the uh, Swamp Thing stuff because they were, they were tying it in so well. And Etrigan, Etrigan had a book that I thought was going to be yeah, something something that it wasn't. I thought it was going to be a, a cool, almost D&D type of uh, story with him, because I think it was called Demon Knights, if it I remember was. right. Yeah, and it, it just – it was not very good, and I was super disappointed. It poo-pooed out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I read the first two or three, and I was like, this is not what I want it to be. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it... – <sighs> It it had a lot of potential, but then just kind of petered petered out. Um, I was I was because I like Entrigan too, like, and that's one of those things too, like where I just get so excited about a you know some of the DC characters that I don't always get to see a ton of, um, and and even like they even tried to just uh, two years ago um do another entrican thing demon hells on earth and it just it wasn't it wasn't that great um he's yeah. kind of a tricky character I, th- I think you know he's one that i have another one that's like that with dc that i, I love but it, uh dr fate but i th- there's not a lot yeah. of great dr fate stories because i think it's just uh some of them are just hard they're cool concept characters but i think I think it's tough to get a handle on what makes them interesting and and what makes them compelling and put that into a, a story arc. Yeah, they because they rebooted him too. Yeah, um, which I read. Fifteen. Yeah, I thought it was it was okay. 
too. Yeah. Yeah. It it was. It didn't hold my interest. It's. But again, I think. And and I don't know. I'm I'm sure Marvel has this too. But I feel like DC has a lot of those characters that you're like, concept wise and on paper, this character should be should be really cool and interesting. And it's it's just never quite what you want it to be. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> All right. Anything else we want to say on Saga of the Swamp thing? Uh, just that, you know, the art style is very different. Um, it, like you said, it is kind of psychedelic, but, but Alan Moore's storytelling in there is really good. And sometimes what's happening on the page, you know, in terms of the story is like, it's not conflicting with the art, but it's not like there's, there's both such heavy emphasis on the writing and the art that you have to really kind of stay on a page for a little bit longer than you might otherwise Uh, yeah i'm trying to see who the artist was at the time because um we should we should mention who it was oh it's uh uh, hold on i got it issue info here was it tom Uh, yeats or was he just doing covers uh no i think the art is mostly steven Bissett. oh okay okay he's he's done he's done some stuff oh yeah 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 okay yep there it is okay steven Bissett. Okay, yeah. I mean, I I thought it was I thought it was interesting. I thought it was worth a read. The the characters, and if you're an Alan Moore fan, it's definitely it's definitely Alan Moore. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So it's Andy's turn to pick our next reading assignment. And Andy, what have you selected for us? Arkham Asylum. Oh, oops. Now the name's slipping, and I sent it to you earlier, so you gotta help me here. In uh, <laughs> all right, let me go back. I'll go back and look. It, it's not the original Arkham Asylum. Uh, it is Arkham Asylum, a serious house on serious right. Earth by, by Grant, Grant Morrison. Morrison. Yeah. Okay. So what's interesting is my brother. So when this came out, they 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 did a hardcover of it, uh, a hardcover trade, because it was a trade. I don't think it's individual issues. It was it was written as a trade. Um, my brother the original, had, yeah, sorry, I was going to say the original Arkham was, was, it was sort of more of a one shot, but yeah, yeah, this has, it's a good follow up to Saga the Swamp thing in terms of art style. It has a very, very different art style. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk more about that, but this is available right now on Comixology to Ching. So, you know, if you've got it, you know, feel free to kind of read along too, but it's, um, I've read this more than once. Um, but I wanted to, I thought it was, I thought it was a good time to kind of look at it again. Um, and it's, it's one, especially since they're, I think it's like an, not an anniversary, but it's, you know, it's been out there for a while. So, and where comiXology just kind of put it out there too. So, Okay, yeah, I haven't read this. I've read the original a few times, but I've not read this one, so so that's good. That'll be good for me. Yeah. Okay, cool. So next time, check out, uh, we're going to read Arkham Asylum, A Serious House on Serious Earth by Grant Morrison. Check it out. And please don't make the super suit green or animated. All right, welcome into The Somebodies, where we take a look at a character uh, that you may or may not know much about, and and sometimes we didn't even know much about him. Uh, But it was Andy's pick this month, and Andy has selected... I I picked Jamie Madrox, who you would know more from uh, the Marvel Universe is Multiple Man. This This was a character that kind of appears in... Uh, the background of a number of kind of um, 
Marvel X-Men titles that I liked. And a couple years ago, they actually gave him his own kind of one-shot, kind of five-issue run with a really fun storyline. But I I wanted to look into kind of like what his kind of backstory was, um, you know, where where he came from. He's been around for a lot longer than I thought. Um, yeah, I was surprised too. 1975, first appearance. Yeah, Le- yeah Len Wein. Uh, yeah. Is Giant size who... Fantastic Four first yeah. appearance. Sorry. No, no, yeah, no, it's fine. So I didn't realize he had been around for that long. And they've done some really cool kind of things with him. And what's interesting, too, is he's a mutant, but he has always had his mutant powers, fr- like, from birth. So, like, there's almost – and they refer to him as oh, – what are they – they had a title for him, but I, I couldn't find – and this is something that I started to go down a rabbit hole with, but I didn't, you know, kind of get get to. Uh, Changeling, uh, a predecessor yes. to mutants who develops powers at birth. So I got to I gotta read more about that eventually too, but I didn't realize that, like, most mutants, like, it's, you know, it's something that happens to them – that kind of triggers their ability or whatever. Um, and if you think about it, that's like a big story arc for most of the mutants we know, you know, that's right. But apparently he was, you know, from the moment he was born, he was able to, you know, what his superpower is, is he basically makes duplicate copies of himself. And I'm going to have to go back and explore some of these storylines that are out there. They've done some really interesting things with that, uh, that I didn't, that I didn't realize, like, a lot of times you just see him making copies of himself. So there's six of them so he can surround a bad guy and beat him up. You know, all right, that's, you know, that's what you would do with a multiple man. But what if you realize that each of those six has their own personality? And what if you let them go off and live their own lives? Like, cause it's, his power isn't necessarily limited by the numbers of copies he makes. That, that to me was super interesting because most of the stories I see, it's, it's exactly that it's him dividing himself or, making copies of himself to be able to kind of surround a, a bad guy. But the one-off story that they did a couple of years ago, like his different split offs can develop their own personalities and stuff. So he ends up in a future where he's become emperor uh, of earth. And he did that by basically creating enough of himself to kind of take everything over. But then there are versions of himself that are more like other superheroes that we know, like there's a Deadpool version and like a Dr. Strange version. Um, but yeah, to me, this he's, he's played a key role in a couple cool storylines that I like. Um, the 2016's death of X, uh, with the Terrigen mist. Um, like I said, he's, he had his own one shot in 2018. Um, but to me, he's a super interesting character in that there's that idea that like yes he makes copies of himself and he can reabsorb all of those copies but what happens if he doesn't like that person gets to become their own personality um and one other neat thing they did with that at one point too is apparently he let some of those personalities go out and they develop skills and then when he reabsorbed them he got all their skills too um which is kind of a neat concept as well yeah, I mean that's a that's a character we were kind of talking about it with with Doctor Fate and Etric and like characters that are interesting but aren't necessarily handled well. All this stuff you're telling me about about 
Madrox, the multiple man, these are really cool concepts. And these are it's it's a great way to explore a a mutant power that at first you think, oh, not a big deal. But then when you start to think about the implications of it, it it actually it's actually a really, really powerful mutant power. Right, right. Because like he can he can just keep making kind of copies of himself um and like it, they've done neat, like they do the comic-y thing where like he died but and that was the original you know uh multiple man but it turns out that guy just thought he was the original the original <laughs> right. is some other guy like over here like and they've done uh they've had him split and travel in time so one personnel or one copy went one place and another one went another place so now you have like different versions of him in time like some really kind of interesting stuff so i'm gonna have to go back and see how many of these like storylines i can i can find it's it's one of those things where i like i liked the one-off they did a couple years ago and it was kind of it was kind of cheeky uh, at times, it was, it was very much in the same vein of Deadpool. Um, he is usually a humorous character, um, but I think that's you know that's a fun it's a fun little superpower. And it's and again, it's one of those ones where I think when you give a good writer like a character like this, they can come up with some pretty cool pretty cool stories. Um, none of like the the background I was reading on him, none of it sounded boring to me. You know, it all yeah. it all sounds interesting. So that's what I usually try to do with these somebodies is either is try to find somebody that will then let me kind of explore him a little bit more, kind of see where his his storylines. But he's he's literally appeared in. Let's see how many different groups. X Factor, X Corp, X Corporation, Fallen Angels, Shield, Hydra, Nasty Boys, which I'm not even sure what that one is. Uh, they were tag team champions in the WWF in the early 90s. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, the funny thing is I've seen him recently in a couple of things because you mentioned Fallen Angels. That was the miniseries that I was reading from 1987 uh, that I had picked up, and uh, and he's in there. And then I also recently um, – Kale, my younger son, had not seen the original X-Men movies, so we went back and watched all of them, including The Last Stand, which I know – people don't think is very good i don't think it's that bad it's definitely not it's not good but it's not i don't think it's as bad as people say but anyway madrox is in that one and and is used pretty much like the the basic way like you said to kind of surround <laughs> a bunch of people and stuff but um but yeah it's funny because he's he's popped up uh in a couple of things that i've seen or read recently Right. Well, again, that what poor uses of a cool character. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he like they put him in Ultimate Marvel, Marvel Zombies, like um, apparently in Age of Apocalypse. They make he makes so many copies of himself. He becomes his own cult. Like, oh, yeah, I vaguely Age of yeah. Apocalypse. We should read that for read this at some point, because I, I read yeah, that yeah, as, yeah. It, as yeah. it came out. And I, I remember really liking it, but I've well, never revisited it. So one of the things that I tried rereading it, one of the tough things with it is that it's I was having a hard time finding a good collection because it's a lot of the like the side stories, I think, um, that did some of the cool stuff. Um, I think it was it might have been on Comicsology Unlimited for a little bit. The other thing is the 
uh, art style is sometimes it's the muscle on muscle. Yeah. Um, which sometimes, but that was, this is 90, like that was, that was what was 95, going on. 96. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what was happening. So I have to, I have to sometimes kind of ignore, ignore that and, and move forward. <laughs> yeah. See, I thought I read, cause I did start reading some of this, uh, but I don't remember the, the multiple man kind of, yeah, it is. It's totally age of apocalypse is, it's totally on comicsology unlimited uh at least so what is this one this is age of apocalypse dawn which is so it's x-men one and two tales from the age of apocalypse one and two x-men one blink one through four but those weren't the originals because the 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 original age of apocalypse was they did like an alpha and an omega uh open and closing like one shot and then all the main x-men books oh there it changed. is alpha yeah they changed to like it was like astonishing x4 so they they all changed and it was like gambit and the externals and um yeah, so yeah. it was like four months weapon where they x yeah. yeah um so that that was the original so that's it's eight eight dollars and fifty cents um so that might be a purchase for me yeah i think i geez i think i still own them i oh, should because that's look. another warren ellis one yeah I, re- I really liked it, and it, and it did cool things. It introduced Blink, who's a very cool character. Yeah. Uh, it, it did the really cool thing with Beast, where they had the dark version of Beast. Yeah. He's a bad guy. You had that whole thing where Cyclops and Wolverine had almost killed each other. Wolverine had, had literally made Cyclops only have one eye. He had taken one out, and Cyclops had blasted off one of Wolverine's arms with his eye beams. So, yeah, there was a ton of cool stuff. where, And it was just – I just remember it being very dark and very – um. Just kind of a good overall storyline. Yeah, so all right, so in Comixology, they have X-Men Age of Apocalypse Volume 1 Alpha, and it says fully updated reading order. Um, so See, that's helpful. That's helpful. Yeah, yeah. That's so I think the other one I read, that's why I got confused. So I might I might yeah, this is just going in the cart now for eight dollars <laughs> and fifty cents. Yeah, that'll that's how many pages? 340 pages. I was going to say, that's a, that's a lot of yeah. bang for your buck with that. Yeah. Yeah. And then they have, so that's volume one. Then volume two is Rain, uh, Age of Apocalypse. And then they have Omega. So there were three, it looks like. Okay. All right. Yeah. We'll see it. We'll do. We'll start with. We'll start with Alpha and we'll see what happens. Usually what happens is I get to the end and I just buy the next one. So. <laughs> nice. So. Uh, all right, so we, we kind of got off uh, Jamie oh, Madrox, yeah, multiple man, but um, yeah, is there anything else you want to mention on him? No, no, that was that's that was pretty much like again, it's one of those ones where you know, in terms of what is his superpower, it's pretty straightforward. He is able to kind of duplicate himself, you know, so perfect copies of himself, you know, it's the item like all, and what's interesting too is it's like. It's their clothing, whatever he's holding. And then the Prime, the original, can absorb those people back in. And they have changed that a little bit. But for the most part, he gets their memories. He gets, you know, what their knowledge and skills are, too. So, and like I said, they've done some neat things with that where he kind of has gone out and and lived other lives. And then he's brought them back in and he knows all that stuff. Um and then they've expanded on that 
by kind of doing the, some of the time travel stuff as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Very so that's cool. like, yeah, I definitely think, and like I said, I'll go back and read some of the, the storylines, you know, I'm sure if I look hard enough, there's someone out there. It says like, if you like, you know, multiple man, here's these issues you need to get. Um, and yeah. I, if not, I might be able to figure it out a little bit from some of the, uh, sources that are out there already, but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm like I said, part of the reason I do this, somebody's is so that I can then find out more about them and read more about them. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, I'm, I'll be curious. This is off topic, but, uh, uh, my recording situation has changed somewhat. I'm still in the basement, uh, but we redid the floor. We have, uh, we put hardwood down, uh, laminate kind of set up for, you know, homeschool, remote learning type of stuff. We have, we have like a bigger area in the basement now and we put like a better computer chair and it's, it's super squeaky. So I'm going to be curious to see. Well, I haven't heard I, it at all. Oh, okay. Cause it's every time I lean forward and stuff like that. So I'm wondering if it's going to be uh, everyone like this entire episode, people are like, what is that squeak? <laughs> no, it's not like, da- no, because you have a, you have a mic like next year mouse so that's designed to just kind of pick up mostly what you're saying and not a ton of stuff from around you the squeaks when dave that's because dave would just put would just record through like a cheap headset i heard that a little <laughs> you bit heard that, that, one, that was but like one. you you were rocking back and forth there for a second <laughs> yeah like, yeah well you hopefully i don't hopefully i don't break it like the one time when we were i'll never forget <laughs> nerd herders and my chair yeah. broke yeah. uh it's so funny this this mic's been good and we're we're off we'll wrap up the show here in a sec but yeah. <laughs> this is literally a ten dollar mic i got at walmart and i have a nice like gaming mic and headset here and i tried recording a couple episodes i think i did one of this i did one of ego and stuff and the sound quality is not as good this stupid ridiculous little looks like a looks like a drive-through headset this mic does a really good job and i'm i'm always really somewhat surprised somewhat impressed and somewhat annoyed that uh, the other mics aren't as good anyway that's that's the story of squeaks if you hear them (laughs) yeah i uh i have a really nice one again but i've literally broken like three or four like you sound really good nice and clear yeah well this was a decent headset i paid a little bit more for it but i was also using it for work at times too um because it made it easier for me to do presentations and stuff but so that's that's how i made that excuse (laughs) nice well we've sort of meandered to the end of uh, of another issue we didn't have anything in the mailbag this time uh so uh and i know andy and i are both a little sleepy so hopefully energy wise that wasn't evident but um do you have anything else you want to yes two quick things dan roberts did uh send us an interesting post about um, some of the warriors that would paint symbols on their shields. Um, and one of them appeared to be of the uh, the comic character, the Phantom. Um, now, to my defense, I clicked on that link two different times and could not actually get to the article <laughs> Dan referenced. I don't know if you were able to take a look at it at all. I hadn't yet. I, I promised Dan I would read it, but I hadn't. Right, had but to so you you can't because what he sent us appeared to be a link to the Facebook post of the person that took that picture, oh, but I could not screenshot. actually get to the the article. 
So um, I, I will uh, listen to that. But I, I did put a snarky comment in there because that's one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. Really think. So I don't I, know much about Phantom and that because I couldn't read the article, it didn't pique my interest enough to, to go and do that. <laughs> but I did appreciate that Dan you know, found that and, and sent it over to us. So that, that was appreciated. And I know he's what, he's like silver age, right? Like Dan or phantom. (laughs) (laughs) That was a good one. Uh, phantom boy, phantom has been around forever because it was a comic strip and yeah, I don't know. It, It feels like that character goes way, way back. Uh, that movie, I, for whatever reason, I very much remember seeing that movie because it was there was the one year when I was I was in Tennessee for five years um, and there was one summer where uh, Amy, my then girlfriend, future wife, current wife, uh, only wife, uh, was on co-op and she worked like two hours away in uh, Oak Ridge. And so I didn't see her except on weekends. We one of we would either drive, you know, one would drive to see the other one. And my birthday fell in like the middle of the week. And I I was working at one of the local newspapers. And I just remember for whatever reason on that day on my birthday it was like a Tuesday or something like that. I said I don't want. And I had buddies that I hung out with that I did you know hung out and you know did stuff went went to get food and played X or. Um, Sega and you know just hung out with but for whatever reason on that day on my birthday I was very curmudgeonly and I said I'm gonna go rent some movies I'm gonna buy myself like some junk food and I'm just gonna I'm gonna shut the door and uh, stay inside in the air conditioning all day because it's August in Tennessee and just watch movies and the Phantom was one of the ones that I <laughs> I rented and uh, I just remember I just remember being really underwhelmed <laughs> with it and my choice for my birthday. <laughs> Try to take a guess when he premiered. It's it's I'm going to say and this might not even not be back far enough. I'm going to say like the 30s. 36. Yeah. 36. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. The Sing Brotherhood. Uh, it's he was a daily comic strip uh, syndicated comic strip February 17th, 1936. But what's interesting is so and then in the 40s, they were reprinted in the comics 60 the harvey published for a while um 62 gold key king comics charlton comics so these are all like the older uh so 73 issues in total the comic strip ran forever because i remember that when we were kids that was yeah it was in the paper every day so what's interesting is dc published him from 88 to 90 but apparently in 87, Marvel published something from him, too. And then in 95, they did, like, The Phantom That Goes to Watch. So it's interesting that it's been both, like, DC and Marvel. And now it looks like it's owned by Moonstone Books. Mm. I've so. never even heard of that one. Yeah. Mm. Oh, no, Dynamite owns them now. Or it looks like Dynamite. It feels like a dynam- like Dynamite would own that property, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's one of those things where I really, like... I think that I think I get him and Black Panther confused, but then I like I end up liking Black Panther better because it doesn't seem like he's doing like Black Panther is not doing cultural appropriation like the Phantom is. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's why I don't, I don't 
I don't really see the Phantom kind of coming out like anytime soon ever again. Yeah. yeah. You said was there two things you said you were going to mention? Yeah, probably was. There was something else. Uh, obviously, wasn't as important as Dan. Um, and, <laughs> we'll leave it as a cliffhanger then. <laughs> and what Dan provides us. Yes. Um, our that's... top, our top fan. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Thank you, Dan. Thank you for uh, all the support as always. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, I think I'm. I think I'm ready to go to bed. So. Me too. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thank you as always, Andy. Oh, and thank you as well, sir. And thank you to the listeners. Thank you to super listener Dan Roberts for all that he does. And Andy and I will come back in another month and regale you with more comic book tales. Until then, it's a four-color world. We're just living in it. This has been Hero Man and Sidekick Boy, a part of the Freebooters Network. Please check out our Facebook page and head to the Freebooters Forum to engage with us about the current episodes or about things you'd like to hear us talk about. And please check out our sponsor, Geek Nation Tours. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for listening.